The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hey everyone, Matt Strapp here welcoming you to the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Before we get going, as always, a quick reminder to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Now, it is the start of week 24, and it's getting serious. We're down to the second-to-last full week of the regular season, basically two and a half weeks left. There are nine teams that play four games this week. We're talking waiver wire pickups. Steve Alexander is here. However, in a plot twist this week, Steve did not write the waiver wired column. I wrote the waiver wired column in a pinch hitting role. I stepped in, took some swings for Steve, who I believe is now just a full time baseball coach. Uh, is that is that what's going on here, Steve? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Youth uh, baseball has engulfed you. <laughs> it, it's it has engulfed me for like five straight years, and when it's not going, when the season's not happening, it's all good. But man, we're trying to work on a Saturday or Sunday during travel baseball season is a little tricky man i can't wait i can't wait as a as a father i just can't wait it sounds great it is it is awesome yeah i was kind of being sarcastic but then i maybe there's a little bit of seriousness as well that i can't wait (laughs) anyways uh waiver wire pickups start with the point guards shea gilgis alexander is on the cover of the waiver wired column I, i i didn't write that and put him there thinking that he's available in a ton of leagues he's 47 percent owned in yahoo as is DJ Augustine. Now, SGA and DJ Augustine both play four games this upcoming week, Steve. Both playing really well lately. I mean, do you have a preference between these two guys? I think they're both pretty close to must-starts right now. Well, kind of reminds me of the, the Chris Elliott skid on David Letterman way, way back in the day when he brought out a bottle of peanut oil and a bottle of corn oil, <laughs> and he chugged both of them. And then he looked at Dave and he said, I can't really tell a difference. Um, it was disgusting and awesome all at the same time. That's sort of the way I am. I, I think I prefer SGA a little bit just because he's more dynamic. He's a better defensive player than DJA, but uh-huh. both of them are playing really, really well. And uh, they both play four games. So whichever one of them is available in your league, that's who you go get. If they're both there and you've got Avery Bradley still hanging around and you've got any who is it Knicks Knicks play two games Knicks play two games you got Damian Damian Dotson or any of those guys I'd drop them and and go pick up SGA or DJA Augustine has been a really low-end point guard most of the year however his last five games he's around 16 points seven and a half assists uh hitting threes shooting well from the field and the free throw line and SGA 12 more points in 10 of his last 11 around 14 points three rebounds four assists getting steals and threes so both these guys really strong starts i think you could easily make a case for starting both of them if you have them tyus jones steve jeff teague and derrick rose have been injured then they've come back now it looks like they're both done for the year well now they are both done for the year so tyus jones has sort of finally has the point guard role to himself um, he's averaging around 10 and a half points six assists 1.2 steals his last five games that's not as exciting as we might have hoped, but I think he has the potential to do more than that. Do you agree? 
Absolutely, yeah. I, and especially now that Teague and Rose are finally done, he doesn't have to look over his shoulder, you know, every night when he goes to sleep to see if those dudes are going to play the next day. Um, he's the man. He's the point guard. I think he's gonna he's gonna play big minutes. I think the numbers are gonna go up. I don't think he's gonna be anything mind blowing, but a, a, you know, twenty seven percent ownership, three games next week, and a clear clear path to big minutes. So uh, I'm all about Tyus Jones right now. All right, let's get to shooting guards. Uh, Contavious Caldwell-Pope is owned at 42% of Yahoo Leagues. He had a bad game on Friday night, but still played 33 minutes. He has put up around 17 points, four boards, 1.3 steals, and 3.23s over his last six games, four games for the Lakers. I mean, we're talking about a case where KCP is is an absolute must-start, aren't we, Steve? Yeah, but the four games makes him a must-start, and he really blew up the other day and he kind of came out of nowhere with that 35 point explosion but he's playing a lot of minutes the lakers are out of it he's actually healthy i think he's also uh one of the few lakers that seems to not be down in the dumps and and having a bad attitude right now so i i feel like he's all day yeah it also i think helps steve that he is playing for a contract right now so the contract drive is going pretty well for kcp in LA and and also in LA Alex Caruso a, a true out of nowhere uh, March emergence he has double digit points at four of his last five his numbers over those five games 11 and a half points 4.8 boards 2.6 assists two steals 0.8 blocks and 1.23s I mean it's almost like one of these hard to believe things but I think Caruso is another guy who needs to be in a lot of lineups as well I mean the four games in fantasy hoops unless you're playing in roto you know, head-to-head games matter unless you play averages, which most most people don't. So Caruso's, you know, counting stats are going to add up in four games. As we said, the Lakers are a mess. Caruso's going to play, and I, I think he's he's almost if you're if games count in your league, he's a must-own player for this this week. Seth Curry also, Steve. We haven't seen him do it for many games, but all signs point to C.J. McCollum being done for the regular season. Curry has back-to-back games of 11 and 20 points uh, with seven total threes. That was heading into Saturday night. Four games for the Blazers. How high is your confidence level in Seth Curry going into that four-game week? You know, it must not be very high because I looked at him today when I was setting my FanDuel lineup, and I was like, man, he's been playing good without CJ there, but I I still am not all the way there on him. I'm going to go with somebody else. I don't remember who I went with, but uh, I skipped on Curry, but yeah, I mean, without without CJ there, there's like four guys that could step up in CJ's place. But so far, it's been Curry that's been the guy to do it. Three percent owned, four games, perfect storm, silly season. <laughs> Steph's brother looks like a a good pickup right now. And we're taping this late Saturday night, just before the Blazers tip off. So if you're thinking about picking up for that four game week, it's worth checking back to see what he did in that Saturday night game to make sure he didn't, you know, lay a total dud and kind of ruin his momentum. But other than that, I like him heading into the four game week. One other shooting guard I want to talk about, Steve, Josh Okogie for the T-Wolves. Saturday night, he had his fourth straight double-digit game. He's getting some steals, some blocks, some threes, putting up really nice all-around numbers all of a sudden. Again, it's, you know, it's silly season in Minnesota. I'd be super excited about him on a four-game week. Unfortunately, Minnesota's schedule stinks late in the season, only three games for Okogie, but 
I still think he's a pretty sneaky pickup, 11% owned in Yahoo Leagues. Are you on board with this? Have I sold you? Yeah, I like him. Um, there's only, what, eight teams? Is it eight? One, nine, two, three, nine, four, yeah. five. Nine teams play four games. So everybody else plays three except the Knicks who play two, which is so fitting. Um, <laughs> so perfect that you can just dump yeah. every Nick that has drug you through you know, the lower depths of you-know-where. Um, but anyway, so many teams play three games that – you know, most of the guys you're picking up are, are probably going to be three game guys because people are going to be fighting over the four game guys. And yeah, I mean, a Kogi, it's silly season in, in Minnesota, like you said. And I think a Kogi is going to keep playing well and, and keep getting minutes. And, you know, he's out of the running for rookie of the year and all that, but he could make a nice statement in the last two weeks of the season. Yeah, and and I think that's a good point that with with so few teams playing four games, a three-game week is not necessarily a bad thing this week. You know, there are so many three-game weeks that yeah, don't don't necessarily shy away from that, and I really like a Kogi as a pickup and a guy who's available in a ton of leagues. Some small hey, four Yeah. Hey, hey Matt. Yeah. Uh was you was your plane flight super long so that you could do 10 guys at each position or were you so bored that that's what you did, or were you trying to set the bar way higher than Dr. A no. <laughs> has done in the past with his weak five guys at each, each position? All right, so I wrote the column on a flight back from Las Vegas, and I'll be honest, like I looked up at one point, and I looked down at the word count, and I was like, oh, I'm at 1,700 words already, and I have a <laughs> lot a lot of – I like somewhere into small forwards. I better like – I better slow my pace down. So, no, I did not set out to do that. Uh, it just happened. It just okay. happened organically. And uh, did I just name myself in the third person of my fake – my you fake did. nickname? Yes, Dr. A named himself in the third person. Yes. I'm not a doctor. I said Dr. A in the third person. Yeah, way yes. to go, Steve. Yes, Matt, Matt did notice that when you when you did that. <laughs> uh, small forwards. Miles Bridges has caught my attention, and when I wrote the column, he had had two good games in a row. He made it three in a row on Saturday night with actually a pretty huge stat line for Bridges on Saturday night. 20 points, seven rebounds, three assists, three steals, and three triples in 34 minutes for Charlotte. He suddenly looks like he's finally going to get close to 30 minutes a game. Uh, that's been the case the last three games. So I like him as well as a really strong pickup along with a Kogi. Both of these rookies, I think, are set up for strong finishes. Any hesitation there? I mean, you think we can be convinced that Bridges is finally set to play big minutes to close out the season? Well, Nick Batum's hurt. They're, they shook up their whole lineup. Uh, but I think the most important thing to note here is that you were finally able to put bridges next to bridges yes. in yes. your what third waiver wired column of the year maybe that you've written maybe second i don't know uh so yeah i mean what a what a great night that you were able to do that and it was uh, thrilling it was miles thrilling. miles bridges is playing well i i like the fact that that charlotte is mixing things up a little bit i think he's gonna have a good uh good final two and a half weeks yeah and mikhail bridges like you said he's in there as well we've talked about him I feel like I've mentioned him a thousand times in various columns on Roto World this year, but he's owned in only 29% of leagues. Kelly Oubre is done for the year. Bridges picking up his scoring again, 12, 12, and 13 points in his last three games, heading into Saturday night. We know he can get steals and threes. If he's getting double-digit points, he's a really strong fantasy play. Anything to add to or say against that, Steve? No. (laughs) (laughs) All right, here's a guy who, another small forward and a guy who has been very untrustworthy, let's just say it, Mo Harkless. But 
three good games in a row for him heading into Saturday night, heading into a four-game week. Can we put our faith into Mo Harkless when we need him most? I am in a playoff war with Tom Carpenter of ESPN. Uh-huh. Two-week game. I cut a four-game Jeff Green to pick up a four-game Mo Harkless in that league to use next week. I did not want to cut a four-game guy to get a four-game guy, but I kind of didn't have anybody else I really felt like letting go. So I think Harkless is a good play. Those four games are crucial. He is erratic, but he's hot right now, and that's all that really matters. And we just have to pray he keeps it going for his four-game week. He he could easily uh, lay an egg next week and, and be a wasted pickup, but I kind of feel like he's locked in right now. Yeah, and he, heading into Saturday night, was averaging 10.3 points, 1.3 steals, 1.3 blocks, and 1.03s over his last three games. And that's what he does when he's rolling. He gets, he gets steals, blocks, and threes in bunches. So four games for Harkless. I'm all for it. I am a little scared. Uh, the wheels are going to come off, but I think you just got to go for it. That's a great way to put it, though. I'm scared, but I kind of like it. <laughs> <laughs> here's here's where things got weird, and I was half joking when I did this, but not really joking at all. Vince Carter made it into the, the waiver wire column. 2% owned in Yahoo Leagues. And again, this is a deep league thing, but he has actually scored double digits in nine of his last 12 games. Over those 12 games, he's averaging 11 points. 0.9 steals and 2.73s. I mean, he is actually doing something more often than not. The 49, the 40, I said 49 year old, 42 year old. <laughs> I was looking at 0.9 steals when I said that 42 year old, he'll probably be playing in the NBA when he's 49, is actually borderline fantasy relevant right now as like a streamer or a deep league pickup. Did you think we'd see the day? I really did not see this coming, but he's, and he's not even on a farewell well tour because he says he's going to play next year. Uh, but the Hawks put him out there and let him play. And, and it's pretty cool. I mean, he, it's sort of like, uh, the Dwayne Wade thing, except we know Dwayne's gone. We don't know that Vince is gone, but you know, there's a lot of people with signs at the game. I'm here to see Vince signs and, you know, all the kids are showing him respect on the court. And it, it's pretty sweet. I, I kind of like it, man. So. Carter is worth a look, especially in deep leagues where your waiver wire is bare. I can almost guarantee you he's sitting out there and he might be worth it. Yeah, and, and at least at least it's a one-game play. And now we, we saw it doesn't always go well, and it didn't go well on Saturday night after I wrote the column uh, three points on one for eight shooting in 16 minutes. So he, he'll do that from time to time, but more often than not lately, he's been hitting double digits, hitting a bunch of threes. So, you know, throw him into your lineup if you're in a deep league and things are pretty desperate. Uh, all right. Where are we in this com? Okay. Power forward position did not bring me uh, much excitement. Emmanuel Bielitsa is a guy who I really don't want to trust at this time of year, but he has had a couple of good games in a row heading into Saturday night. Kings play four games. Well, what I was going to say about Bielitsa is some guy in my YouTube live chat the other day was calling me trash because... Of- I said something about Bielitz. He's like, you're an idiot, dude, because Marvin Bagley is coming back and he's going to ball out. Bielitz is going to disappear. But Bielitz really is still starting. He's still getting, you know, 28 minutes a night and he's putting up decent numbers. I mean, he's a guy who can get you a three, a steal and a block every game. And with four games from the Kings, I'm down, man. I, I, I would take a flyer on Bielitz, even with Marvin Bagley 
maybe looking at a rookie of the month award. I don't know. Bagley's been awesome. Uh, I'm all about Bagley. But I, I think it's a fair point about Bielitsa. And, and in a four-game week, especially in a weekly league, you might get two good games out of him. And, you know, it's not always going to be pretty. but or, or in a streaming situation, I think Bielitsa has some value. Getting into the center of Steve Thomas Bryant and, and if it's a Zubats, Bryant is wildly inconsistent, as I wrote in the column. But he had a, another good game on Saturday night. And I think it's one of these things where you get him into your lineup for four games next week. The net result is going to be at least decent. He's going to get you some blocks. He might have a big game or two, along with some quiet ones. He's getting blocks more often than not. I know you like Thomas Bryant. Any hesitation for you starting him heading into week 24? Nope. Four games, I'm going in. And the thing about Bryant, I think I feel like I say this every time I talk about him, but like his first half, you'll look at his stats and he'll be doing nothing. And you're like, oh my gosh, he's going to ruin my DFS. He's going to ruin my standard league night tonight, but he keeps coming through. He's also hot right now, and I'm four games I'm in. I like yep. him. What did he do Saturday, like 17-11? 17-11 with a three, and that was coming off a 22-point game prior to that. Tommy so, B. Zubots, meanwhile, kind of like Brian, is really around 20 minutes a lot of the time, but he is actually producing... Over his last 10 games, he's around 9 points, 8.6 rebounds, 2 assists, and 1 block. That's in 20 minutes per game over his last 10. Uh, He has 7 or more rebounds in 14 of his last 15 games. So on 4 games, I kind of like Zubats if you're really desperate for a center. Do you agree? Matt, what do uh, Thomas Bryant, Avica Zubac, and our podcast, which I like to call the serviceable Uh, podcast, what do they all have in in common? You just led me to the, I, I was going to get the answer. You didn't need to. You gave the answer. They're all serviceable. Well, it's a two-part two part answer. Matt. Oh, okay. They're okay. all serviceable, and they all go for about 22 minutes a night. <laughs> well done. I okay. like how you tied that all together. All right. Uh, I'm good with Zubats, man. Uh, four games, again. I think if I was going to pick between Bryant and Zubats, I'd probably go Bryant because he went to Indiana University, which is sort of my hometown. But if Bryant's gone, and he might be, and Zubac is there, I, I'm, I have no problem rolling Zubac. I wrote in the column that Bryant has a, a bigger single-game upside. Zubac has been a little more consistent game-to-game. Uh, Zubac only has scored 15 or more points once since joining the Clippers. Bryant you know, is, is much more likely to blow up for a big game or an ugly game. So if you can't live with inconsistency, then go with Zubac. Uh, one more center, Steve. I wanted to talk about is Mason Plumley. Yes, I thought you were going to skip him. 18% owned in Yahoo leagues. I said in the column, the thing that stands out to me the most is the assists. Three or more assists in nine of his last 11 games, four assists in three straight games. Uh, since the All-Star break, around 7.7 boards, nearly four assists per game, and a block. I mean, I think he's actually a really good play quietly with four games, a slightly deeper league. I think he's a really strong pickup. He's kind of been coming on, too. Um, I, I felt like he was about ready to fade away and become non-serviceable, but <laughs> I think he's back on the serviceable list. Oh yeah, uh, They play four games. He's coming off the bench, and he's he's doing a nice job. He plays power forward and center. He can back up both spots. He's getting decent minutes, and, he's, and like you said, he's always been a good assist guy. But, yeah, I mean, four, four games, 18% owned. He's another guy that could really help you in week 24. 
So that about does it for me, Steve. Any other names you said you were hoping I would mention Plumley? Is there anyone else in the column that you were eager to talk about that I had in there? No, no. I think a lot of people, though, want to know uh, what happened in Vegas. And I know what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. <laughs> but you are, you've been back, you've been home from Vegas for what, an hour, two yeah, hours? Something like, like that. Like, let's, let's go. What happened? How did it go? You know, Did you have the time of your life? Uh, uh, that was probably about the 20th time, 20th time, 15th time I've been to Vegas. So it's a little bit, does that sound jaded? No, I had a good time. I saw some college friends. We had a blast. We watched a bunch of basketball. I should never go near a blackjack table again, and maybe we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Dude, you've been to Vegas 20 times. That's a lot. At, well, 20 might be, I might be exaggerating. I would say 15, though. That's a lot. It is a lot. It's, I think I've been say, like three or four. Some would say too many, but it's a it's a very fun place to go. Uh, Mrs. Straub might say too many. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I go to Vegas for 48 hours, and then I get out of Dodge. That's my strategy. That's, Nobody, that's the way to do it. No one needs to stay there for three days. It, it's, it, uh, yeah, diminishing returns. <laughs> uh, on another topic, as we get ready to sign off here, I'm running a NCAA pool, and we have 45 entries, and I'm doing them all by hand. We're, we're old school. We go paper wow. paper brackets. So I have to circle all those games, and it takes forever. But uh, my son, my 11-year-old, filled out his own bracket for the first time, and he is currently in first place. Wow. And he took all four number one seeds in, in the final four. And uh, he, he's he got Duke winning it all. I, I kind of like his bracket. I, I think he may be uh, bringing home some some gas money. You're like, you're like son or his, or uh, Fortnite money, right? You're like no, yeah, uh, that's where it'll go. It'll go straight to Fortnite because that's all he really cares about. You're like uh, Jerry Seinfeld when he got carpal tunnel signing all those checks, all those royalty checks. <laughs> it's a little bit like that, yes. <laughs> all right, well, good luck uh, filling out those brackets, circling those brackets. What are you doing? You're just doing the circles, results. circles, and X's and points. Yeah, it's a mess. All right, well, good luck with that. Everyone, good luck in the fantasy playoffs. Steve, thanks for taking the time. We will talk to you soon. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. It's hard not to add a side of hot, crispy hash browns to your favorite McDonald's breakfast. It's even harder not to eat said hash browns before you get home. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.